0: Grace to you, and especially to you, and peace from our Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. Well, today in the Christian faith, it is the day of Pentecost, and uh, for those of you who are uh, unfamiliar or could use a little refresher, Pentecost is one of the most important holidays in the life of the Christian Church. Although, frankly, it doesn't receive quite as much of attention as uh, Christmas or Easter does, although. It may interest you to know uh, that uh, there are several countries in Europe where Pentecost is actually a very big day and where tomorrow is actually a national holiday, where school is closed, and people get the day off for Pentecost Monday. Uh, We were in Germany a few years ago, and I was part of a conversation where uh, a local German was complaining. I haven't had a day off since Pentecost. <laughs> Not something you hear around here. It may also interest you uh, to know that before Pentecost was ever a Christian celebration, it was first a Jewish holiday, and it marked two different things, one of which was the giving of the lot to Moses on Mount Sinai 50 days after the Exodus, according to tradition, and also it was about the offering of the first fruits of the, the springtime harvest, as an offering and a sacrifice to God. And uh, so Pentecost was celebrated every year by the children of Israel 50 days after Passover, which is why the word Pentecost actually means 50th or 50th day. But the Pentecost that we Christians uh, celebrate is the one that took place 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. When, as you heard Peter and the other apostles Uh, Show up in Jerusalem for the celebration, according to Luke in the book of Acts, where thousands of people had gathered, and Peter stands up, and he preaches his very first sermon, and it was a barn burner, because he talked not about the law of Moses, but about the love of God in Jesus, and how Jesus gave his life for us, and how he eliminated the sacrificial system of getting right with God by paying for our own sins with our offering. And he talked about the spirit of Jesus in their lives and how that spirit was so strong, it was powerful in them. It was like this spiritual fire in them that was so bright that people could even see it from the outside and, and, and how it was also like the wind that, that you can't see, but you can feel its, its power and you can see the effect that it has on people who see visions and they dream dreams and they behave differently because of it. And, and the spirit of Jesus was so strong in them that that day Pentecost became a new thing. Not just about the law of Moses, but about the light of God's grace. So that that day in the city of Jerusalem, 3,000 people were baptized. And what we know today as the Christian church was born I mean, who knew that God would start a fire with water? And it also helps to explain why uh, over the course of literally centuries, churches around the world have also celebrated the rite of confirmation on the day of Pentecost. And for those who are unfamiliar or could use a little bit of a refresher, confirmation also has its roots in Judaism, where a child would begin to study the scriptures at the age of five, and then by age 10, they would study the commentaries, or in other words, uh, what other people said or wrote about the scriptures. And then by the age of 13, they were ready to make a commitment to following the commandments. And uh, that commitment was codified in a ceremony that is known as a bar mitzvah in Hebrew, which means son of the commandment. Or bat mitzvah, which means daughter of the commandment, and and that's the background for confirmation in which young Christian children are taught the scriptures as they grow up, and then uh, what a certain man, at least in our tribe, by the name of Martin Luther, said about the scriptures and wrote about the scriptures in a book called The Small Catechism, which I think you're familiar with, and then by the age of 13, give or take, you're ready to make a commitment not to the commandments, but to the one who fulfilled the commandments so that you could be known as the sons and the daughters of God. Today is the day where you come to affirm the one, the faith that you have in the one who started a fire with water both of which are symbolized in the white robes that you're wearing in remembrance of your baptismal washing and in those torches with their little tongues of fire that were carried next to you in the procession. And it's also about taking your place in this community that you heard about in the book of Acts when Pastor Miller read it, the community of people that pray together. They break the bread together. And they worship together and they serve together and they support each other in faith and in life. And that's why we put Pentecost and confirmation together like we do. Because in 1 Corinthians, St. Paul says that nobody can say that Jesus is Lord except by the power of the Holy Spirit. And what I can tell you is the Holy Spirit been very busy at St. Andrew in these days. And you know that. If you were here last Friday night to listen to the testimonies and the spiritual stories of these 18 young Christian women and men who I also meet with and I I interview and I ask them questions and I I talk to them about what they believe and uh, and what they've learned. And uh, as some of you know, every year I hear some answers that blow my mind. Like one uh, young man this year who I looked at and I said, you know, tell me about Jesus. And he looked at me and he said, oh, great guy. Great beard. You know, just when I thought all was lost, uh, you know, he goes on and he says, my personal Savior who died for my sins and is always with me. I asked another uh, young conferman, you know, what's the, what's the best part of your spiritual life right now? And he said to me, coming to church. I thought he was making it up. <laughs> and then he said, church is amazing to me. And another conferman said that she chose her confirmation verse because, and I quote, it describes who I want to be as a Christian. And that's how you know that the fire is still burning in the church of God. And so on this day of Pentecost and on this day of confirmation uh, for you, and at the beginning of this season of Pentecost, whether or not you get the day off tomorrow, uh, I just have a few ideas that I want to share with you that come from that lesson in the book of Acts that uh, I hope and pray will be a little guide for your life. And the first is uh, that, in the words of Billy Joel, who you can ask your parents about, (laughs) we didn't start the fire. God did. And he did it with water in the blessing of baptism. And so, if you're part of this worship and you're singing these songs and You're hanging on to these words, and you come here, and you make these promises, and then then you dine at his supper table. That means that the Holy Spirit that you can't see is with you, and it's moving in your life. And you don't have to wonder about it. You don't have to worry about it. God is with you right now. And the story of Pentecost is the story of your belovedness to God. And the second thing I would say uh, to you is that uh, we didn't start the fire, but we have been called to fan the flame. The scripture says that, which is to say, keep it going and keep stoking it so that it doesn't go out. And so you got you to gotta throw the word of God into your soul every day and come to the table and get Nourishment for your spirit through the forgiveness of your sins and the fellowship that we enjoy together, and, and and you do it by by making the first fruits offering of whatever it is that God provides to you in your life, not not to pay for your sins, but to say thank you to the one you know who paid for them uh, in full. And as you do that, as as you keep the fire burning and fan that flame, you know you're going to be ready as much as any of us can be ready for the darkest of nights and the most difficult storms in your life. And believe me, they do come. But friends, you know, this faith, it's not a spectator sport, okay? You know, this is not some kind of insurance policy for a bad day, or even a good one, for that matter. You know, this faith, it's about taking the field. And now you've completed these two years of instruction, I can tell you this. It's not about knowing what the answer is. It's about knowing who the answer is. And the third thing I would want you to know uh, about the story of Pentecost, at least in my perspective, is captured in uh, an old African proverb that uh, Pastor Yared loves to uh, Share, and he shared it with me just at a meeting the other day, and it it simply goes like this. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Which is to say that the story of Pentecost, and in so many ways the story of confirmation, is about being the church together. Because this is never meant to be lived in a vacuum. And when we pray together... And we worship together, we sing together, we serve together, we break the bread together. We forgive each other, we accept each other, we love each other, and we all suffer in some ways when one of us suffers, and we all celebrate, and we rejoice in, in some ways when one of us rejoices. I mean, you know, I don't know how people are not drawn to that. And I know we're not perfect. None of us are, are. But, you know, whenever I come here, you know, I said the Holy Spirit is something you can't see, but, but I do feel it. You know, in this awesome church where people do worship and they sing and they serve and they love and they forgive. And they fan the flame and they do the work of Christ here in the family of God. I was confirmed in the year 1972. And I thought I would say to you that I know that's before your time. And then it hit me that it's also before your parents' time. (laughs) Bummer. But the pastor who confirmed me was a guy by the name of Paul Kushner, who uh, also baptized me 13 years earlier. When I was three weeks old, just like, you know, I baptized uh, several of you. And when Paul Kushner died, uh, his wife gave me his collection of sermons. Uh, Which is really kind of cool because, you know, to be honest with you, I'm not sure I paid much attention to some of those sermons when he was actually preaching them. But now I got them. And one of the sermons that I found in his collection is the sermon that he preached on the day of my confirmation. And so today I want to do something I've never done before, and that is use my pastor's words as this pastor's words to you on this day. These are the words that Paul Kushner used to conclude his address to me, to my fellow confirmants, to my parents, my grandparents, my godparents, and to a church full of people not unlike this one. And so I say to you today, my dear confirmants, follow Christ and trust him for everything. Keep your faith alive by being frequent guests at the Lord's table and by staying close to his words. Consider your pastor your friend and go to him with your questions and problems. Cultivate a hatred for sin and abide in Christ, and he will live in you to the joy of your parents and your friends and for the betterment of the world in which you live. And when your life is past, and as we all will, you breathe your last breath, I can assure you, that the life that Jesus promises will be yours in all its perfect beauty and glory, and that you will stand at his right hand and hear him say, Come, you blessed of my Father, and inherit the kingdom I have prepared for you from the foundation of the world. May our Savior grant that none of you will be missing and that we will all be there together, saved by faith in the precious blood of Jesus Christ, I have to confess to you today that I had probably forgotten those words by the time I cut the cake at my confirmation party. But I hear him loud and clear today, and I hear the guy's voice because he's with me in spirit, which is to say, the Holy Spirit of the Risen Christ. Great guy, great God. And so may the story of Pentecost and this moment of confirmation carry you forward and bless your life as you celebrate the Spirit of God, as you fan the flame, as you take your place, and we live as the church together for the hope of the world and for the honor and the glory of God. We love you, we thank God for you, and we pray his blessing to you on the day of your confirmation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.